welcome to episode 22 of The Playground Project with me, your host, Tanya Pomerantz. I am thrilled you are here on The Playground with me today. And before we jump into a fabulous career chat with one of my very favorite people, I would like to invite you to rate the podcast on Apple so that more people can learn about it and more people will be able to hang out with us on The Playground. My goal is to build a community and create opportunities for people to be inspired by other people's career journeys and to help them realize their own goals. But we all know about social media and algorithms, so please do share the podcast with your own community. Okay, so you can probably hear it in my voice. My mystery guest on the playground with me today is the wonderful Tatanisha Regan. Welcome, Tatanisha Riggin. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the playground with us today. I can't stop smiling already. It's ridiculous. And before we jump into the conversation, I just want to give a little bit of context. So we met at OCSO. Uh, we were colleagues. Yeah. And right. I want to share your LinkedIn profile so that people can learn a little bit about you and can see just why I'm so in love with you. So, uh, <laughs> so <me> it says <laughs> it says strengths, positive, collaborative, inspiration driven, and community focused. You're a registered social service worker who believes in empowering diverse communities as they strive to improve their quality of life. You've supported individuals from marginalized communities in various areas throughout your career experience, including mental health, addictions, employability, and entrepreneurship. And in your role uh, as mentorship coordinator at uh, Ottawa Newcomer Entrepreneurs One Hub, you strive to connect immigrant entrepreneurs with the supports needed to achieve key milestones on their entrepreneurial journey. Your key areas of strength of expertise include knowledge of community resources and partner organizations, strong interpersonal skills when building inclusive connections, energetic workshop facilitator sharing content topics, including mentorship, employability, cross-cultural communication and anti-oppression, etc. And you are able to work collaboratively alongside teams and stakeholders in a fast paced environment. And I've got to say like, Yes, every one of those things and so <laughs> much <checks> more. <laughs> this is like totally legit. And I am just absolutely thrilled to be spending this time with you because to be frank, I am thrilled to spend any time with you. You are one of my favorite oh, people. I love being on the playground with you. Okay, let me just say that. <laughs> It's honestly, it's a pleasure. And yes, I couldn't wait to do this with you. And uh, I can't wait to dive in. All right. Well, let's do it, baby. Let's do it. The whole purpose of the Playground Project is mm -hmm. to kind of dissect uh, the journey, right? The career journey. So we look at purpose, plan, and pivot because we all need to be able to pivot in our lives. And we all have, right? So this kind of experience is just to to show people to demonstrate the joy of pivoting. I don't know if that's even the right word, but I really like that. Yeah, I would say there's joy in pivoting. 
I like that too. Pivoting for sure. Yeah. You know what? By the end of this conversation, anyone who listens to this, our listener, the listener's friends, anyone who gives this a listen is going to be just as madly in love with you as I am. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so honored. (laughs) That's all. No pressure. No pressure. So, (laughs) so, you know, we start at the high school level, right? Because that's when Mm -hmm. people start to kind of percolate and ideas start to jive Mm -hmm. in people's heads. So what was high school like for you? Where did you grow up? All that kind of good stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's get started there. So I grew up in the GTA, I like to say, because I did a lot of moving around, grew up in financial instability in my family. So that required us to move from different places. So I spent a little bit of time in, I was born in Oshawa, Ontario, and then moved to Hamilton, lived in Brampton for a minute, lived in Mississauga, or actually made my way to Etobicoke and then back to Oshawa. So I spent my high school years in partly in Etobicoke and then partly in Oshawa. It was interesting. I, I'm surprised by in that journey is that I was always able to make friends. I was always able to adapt. I think that period of my life developed that within me. So high school was uh, exploratory, I would say. I explored different friends. I called myself like a flyer because when lunchtime came around, I would hop from table to table. And, you know, I just, I made friends with the people who were considered really cool and popular. And I made friends with people who were considered maybe less popular, but super talented, super passionate about things like music or their TV show or something like that. I just, I loved being around different types of people, diverse people. I also loved spending a lot of time around fellow immigrant children. I very much related to that journey and it was really nice to kind of have that camaraderie and that kind of, you know, the look like, oh yeah, (laughs) I know where you're going through. So high school was I guess a hodgepodge, (laughs) a lot of different things. But you know what stood out the most was my love of learning. I definitely used that opportunity to try different sports, to explore different subjects, to really try out things and just to go through it and say, you know what, I tried it once. I don't need to do that again. So I did, you know, a little bit of coding. I did math, sciences, uh, vocal music, a lot of different things. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Wow. <laughs> As a fellow flyer, I get it because that's, right? that's exactly what it was. Your ability <laughs> to not just not to blend in necessarily, but to, I don't know, is there a better way of saying that? I just, I felt like a, a chameleon of sorts, but not saying to blend in, right? Like I, I definitely was known for certain things. I was known for, you know, doing dances and singing at talent shows like that was my thing but also I made space for other people to have their own thing and I loved celebrating people mm-hmm. so you know people like people who are you know personable and who are friendly and and positive and I just gravitated to that kind of space I definitely have fond memories as much as it was difficult moving I still have my high school friends and Mm. I adore them so much. And I love that they're still in my life. 
Nice. I hear you very much. Uh, connecting. That's the word that I connection. Use. Yes. I would think that that would be like hmm, right on the. I know the for us. I exactly. <laughs> uh, and the the listener who has been listening and and playing with us on the playground uh, knows my absolute love of colors. And I'm guessing that you're able to see how blue you are. Um, <laughs> And I think that that's probably one of the things that, that connects us the most is, is our incredible blueness. And when the blues get together, there's just this incredible explosion of connection and love and joy. And, yes. you know, you can hear the, the songs from the heavens. Like it's just this, <laughs> the heavens open. Up they do shy. open. The yes. birds are singing. Grass is greener. Yes, Absolutely. That's, I second that. That's it. <laughs> and so, all right. So it sounds like you had a, a really positive experience and in high school. And I think that that's a, a strong foundation, quite honestly. Now, there you are, you're joining things, you're doing things. Did you mm -hmm. know what you were going to be doing after you finished high school? Mm, that's a good question. I think many immigrant children will attest to this. My mom wanted me to be a doctor for sure. <laughs> a doctor or a lawyer. Um, so I, you know, I was a diligent student. I did my biology, my chemistry, absolutely loved chemistry, did my physics. I did, you know, relatively well in those courses, not like outstanding. So I figured that going into the medical field just didn't click for me when it came time to applying to universities. So I was like, you know, I could be, I love people. I love helping people. And honestly, mm -hmm. people always came up to me to ask me for advice. Mm -hmm. I can say that's a common thread throughout my life. People just are like, hey, what do you think about that? I'm doing this in my relationship. Tell me more. Tell me what you think. So I was like, you know what? I might turn this into a, a money-making machine. <laughs> There's the entrepreneur in you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Let's explore psychology. So I had this dream to become a psychologists. And I know from reading your book that you had similar aspirations as well to, you know, I'm going to be a psychologist, going to have that chair. People are going to come into my office, tell me what they, you know, their mm -hmm. lives. I was going to help them get to the bottom of problems. And as much as that was an honorable aspiration during the course of university, like I said, I grew up in financial instability. So I didn't have the resources to be able to complete that aspiration. Uh, so I had to pivot. I had to pivot a lot. <laughs> so the pivoting started at an early age. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So when I came time to university, I signed up for psychology. And because I still love the sciences and I don't want to be bored, I signed up for the Bachelor's of Science in Psychology uh, at Ottawa U. And so I came to Ottawa U and had a really great time. It is a French first bilingual university. So I didn't know that before heading over mm -hmm. and growing up in the GTA, being bilingual is not as pushed uh, mm -hmm. in that area. So I wasn't fully prepared for that. So as much as when I came to university and wanted to be a part of the student leadership and I wanted to be involved in a lot of activities to not just put it on my resume, but to expand and, and I had this kind of draw to leadership, not being bilingual limited my opportunities in that way. So I had to pivot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
uh, I had to pivot again. So ultimately, as much as I wanted to be a clinical psychologist, I completed my undergrad in science psychology and then did a, a short eight month program at Algonquin College that's called the Social Service Worker Program was designed to help you connect to jobs in the social service field, in the sector, essentially. And I knew I wanted to do that. And as much as I was applying to different jobs, it wasn't happening. So I figured, you know what, this program has a placement. I'm going to go in. I'm going to woo them with my sparkling Mm -hmm. personality. And they're going to hire me. And in fact, that is what happened. (laughs) Of course you wooed. There's no question. And may I say a shout out to Algonquin College. I can't get enough of it. And I love that one, two punch. This is what I always say. When people go, they get, they get their BA or their, you know, their bachelor's. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, instead of necessarily going and getting your master's degree, why not go to Algonquin and get some hands-on experience kind of thing where you do get a placement and mm-hmm. that co-op kind of thing. So now you've got that one-two punch as a an employment career development practitioner. I'm completely on board with that. Yes. Uh, in fact, when I made that leap, a few other people in my friend circle decided to take that route as well because it just made sense. I felt, you know, at this point, I needed to get into the field. I needed mm-hmm. to apply all the things I learned in my undergrad. I was just eager to start doing something. And you know, doing a master's right away, that would have been great. I just wasn't in a privileged position to be able to do that. But I knew I wanted to help people and I knew I wanted to apply the things that lit me up inside mm-hmm. about what I was learning at school. Yeah, jumping into this program, having the placement, I had my placement at Causeway Work Center, which is a, an employment center for people with uh, visible and invisible disabilities with a heavy focus on mental health. And I was honestly, so fortunate to be in that co-op placement. Mm -hmm. Three months into it, they hired me on. So I knew I was in the right place. Everything was clicking. So there you are at Causeway. And what came next? Kind of what does what does your career look like from that experience at Causeway? Right. That experience taught me my love of mental wellness. I've got the opportunity to meet people from all walks of life, people who had conventionally amazing lives, and then they might have had a mental breakdown and had to start from ground zero. I worked with people who had developmental challenges, who had big aspirations, but the world didn't necessarily have a place set for them. So they needed to carve it out for themselves. And I got to help them carve. And so I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about what it looks like to kind of support people who have so much to give, have so much talent and have so many gifts, um, but have to kind of fight through the way society is structured in order to fully realize their potential. And working with people who experience marginalization really taught me, okay, this is a space where you almost have to be entrepreneurial, like intrapreneurial, mm. I like to say, where you got to use the tools of an entrepreneur. Because when there's not a perfect space laid out for you, you make a space. And the people in this world mm. who make 
things out of nothing are entrepreneurs. So I taught myself how to be an entrepreneur and I was able to support other people in learning those skill sets as well. And that's something that has kind of carried me through my career so far because I was able to adapt quickly and always look for the next innovative move and see, okay, how is this barrier an opportunity? And when you work with people who have such complex barriers, and I myself have complex barriers and have had to overcome a lot of things in my life, you know, you kind of just stand more boldly, you know, you don't necessarily take no for an answer. Uh, you learn kind of how to act like one of those improv people, you know, yes, and right. And that has brought me a lot of joy. And I'll say in what we kind of mentioned earlier, joy and pivoting, it became fun for me. It became playful for me. It became a space where a lot of my creativity got to shine because I saw barriers as a playground. I saw barriers as, ooh, okay, what can we do here? How do we flip this on its head? So that's kind of what my career has looked like so far, where I've used a lot of my experiences and of overcoming my own barriers to help other people see that they are worthy of whatever it is that they dream or desire. And I hope that continues to be what I do in this life. See, that's why, why I love you. So a few things, the listener knows I, I take copious notes. And w- one of the things I, I wrote and put a box around was your use of the word mental wellness. Yes, yes, mental wellness. So there's a, a quote, it's a Bob Marley quote which says, emancipate yourself from mental slavery, none but Mm -hmm. ourselves can free our minds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, especially being a marginalized and racialized woman, it's critical for me to be diligent about my mental wellness. That's been very important for me to be show up as my best self, my most creative self, my most joyful self. I have to practice self-care. I have to evolve and expand in my understanding of myself, my work on myself in terms of my self-worth self-esteem, all these things are very important because being marginalized and being racialized is like someone imposing something upon you that really doesn't belong there in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't ask for my skin car- color to be considered less than or mm-hmm. attribute some sort of, you know, inferiority on me. I didn't ask for that. I wouldn't have ever asked for it and it doesn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. So I understand that and it's I know that it's important for me to care about where I am in terms of my mental wellness. That's something I am regularly checking in on and something I really built into my everyday in terms of meditation and journaling. So there are several self-care practices that I use and have been using for years and years and years to be able to show up as my full self, do what I'm supposed to do on in terms of my purpose. Mm-hmm. 
with every conversation that we have together, I have so many questions just are, are flipping through my my head all the time. Go for well, it. The, well, the next the next question that I had is actually more to do with Causeway. You, okay. you mentioned different ages, right? Like, was it it wasn't just for youth? It was for everybody? Yes, it was for everyone. I started off in one program. It was really there was no age limit. It was mostly for adults. That was the first program I joined. And mm-hmm. all part of the team, our job was to liaise with employers and then offer a tailored, supportive role to the client once they get the job. So helping them find the job and then supporting them in sustaining and maintaining that job. And so that sometimes meant partnering with their therapeutic teams. So whether they had support workers or occupational therapists, uh, I would work with them and we'd come up with a care plan and support them in their employment. And finding a job meant finding something and finding an employer who's willing to make accommodations Mm. and who would be understanding and really support them as a human Mm -hmm. and a person who is giving their very best. That means they need a little extra support. They need a little extra care and attention. And that's not a bad thing. It's just what you do for people. So that was very difficult because not every employer Mm -hmm. on that side, you know, they have a lot to deal with payroll and running a business, you know, that's incredibly difficult. There's no denying that it takes a really incredible person to say, I want to support my community. And I want to support people who otherwise might not have the opportunity. So matching people like that was just, you know, amazing. It was amazing work. And I think it's also close to the work that I do now mm-hmm. uh, in terms of matching mentors and mentees. But yeah, I love connection. I love connection as a blue, mm-hmm. of course. I love connection. <laughs> and you know what? As I used to work at March of Dimes, which is another organization mm-hmm. that supports people with visible and invisible disabilities. And I remember one employer said, I don't hire broken people. Oh, ouch. and that stuck into my into my brain. Because if that's the perspective, we need to do a lot of education. There needs to be education in the world to make it obvious that there are no broken people. Right. Oh, um, I, that's exactly it. I hear you. And Mm -hmm. another thing you've talked about was you mentioned intrapreneur. Please tell me more. (laughs) So, uh, when I left Causeway, I jumped into a role at a CISO that was a pilot project. And that's really where I saw my entrepreneurial skills shine because it was a pilot. You had to develop everything from scratch. And so that was my first experience with program development. And I got to do that environmental scan, understand what's already out there. But I also leaned into the kind of holistic approach where I made sure that it was community focused. So I made sure to include the voices of people who we were actually trying to serve. And I feel like that's something that gets overlooked at times where people want to do a top-down approach where I was educated to do a capacity building approach, which was bottom up. Mm So that's exactly what I try to do. And being an entrepreneur means that you demonstrate 
entrepreneurial skills, but within an organization. So I started that role in January 2020 in March, you know, where Mm -hmm. that went. So uh, that program ended, but I was uh, fortunate enough to jump into the role that I am now, which is the mentorship program coordinator for the Ottawa Newcomer Entrepreneurs Hub. So that also was a pilot project, never done before, and really exciting because I didn't mention this earlier, but my mom actually was an entrepreneur. She had a catering Mm. business growing up and I was supportive of that. So Mm. I would help out here and there. We went to catering events. I was chopping lettuce. Um, I So I was kind of... I had an appreciation of the entrepreneur, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, what it looks like when you're an immigrant and Mm -hmm. you're an entrepreneur. And that's so complex because they're compounding challenges, right? Where you're trying to build a new life, but you also want to realize your potential and bring your gifts forward. And, you know, it's very complex. You also have to listen to what the market is telling you. You have to find funding. There's so many pieces there. And so I really got to show up as an entrepreneur, supporting entrepreneurs in the program that I am now. And it's honestly been a very exhilarating uh, experience. Wow. Well, you know, you're really very good. I mean, this sounds so pat and I don't mean it to be pat. I (laughs) want to say you're very good, but you're exceptional because you have these skill sets and this growth mindset that you have developed over the years. And what a a magical marriage between (laughs) aptitude and your your own intersectionality, right? As uh, the daughter of an entrepreneurial immigrant mom, Mm -hmm. there are so many different identities. Exactly. I, I think that you're like the most perfect person to bring this entrepreneurial spirit and skill sets to the entrepreneurs. But that brings me to a question that I, I didn't send out, but I, I just can't help what you, you have such an entrepreneurial mindset too. Yes. There's got to be some percolating around in your mind. <laughs> Funny you should ask. Uh, yes, that I cannot deny. I can't ignore that I am drawn to entrepreneurship myself. And so As I mentioned earlier, mental wellness has been a huge focus in my life. And in 2021, I did a certification to become a meditation teacher. And I kind of just did this on the side of my desk of something that I actually did an informational interview with a a local meditation teacher who did a lot of stuff around um, racial equity. And I reached out to her and I asked her, you know, how did you come about doing what you do? Tell me more about yourself. You know, I feel like inter- informational interviews are so unappreciated. Mm-hmm. And obviously I was nervous, but I know I just had to know, you know, how she got there. Cause I, what I saw was brilliant. She was saying things and she was operating in her purpose in such a real way that I resonated with. So I needed to know. And she was kind enough to share her story and then eventually mm-hmm. invited me to participate in a, a program, the same program that she got certified in. And that experience was incredible. I honestly got so much feedback from people saying, you know, the tone of your voice is perfect for this. Mm-hmm. You are such a peaceful presence. You know, you automatically help people come to their most grounded self. And getting that feedback was just 
wow, I was I was pleasantly surprised that the thing that I just did to just mm-hmm. be, you know, how I just mm-hmm. showed up was something that people were incredibly impacted by. And that was like, wow, how could I just exist? And then people are benefiting in such a real way. It was incredible. And so completing that program meant that you could offer services as a meditation teacher. And so I actually uh, opened a business or I'm in the process of opening a business called Usawa Mindfulness. And Usawa Mindfulness offers comprehensive holistic services and education that elevate mental health and wellness uh, with a focus on mindful leadership, emotional intelligence, self-compassion, and stress reduction. Ultimately, I provide transformative experiences to enhance people's personal and professional growth. And that's really a long way of saying, you know, I show up and do the thing that lights me up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it helps people find what lights them up. And I'm super excited to provide that as an offering. And it's something I'm I'm really loving right now. It's uh, I'm working diligently on it. It's, it's something, you know, being an entrepreneur is not an easy thing and it doesn't happen just overnight. You kind of feed it. It's a seed that you continue to water. And this is something that I'm watering right now. And it's, it's exciting. Um, <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit more about the name, please? Oh, yes. So my name Tatsunisha is Swahili. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to a few people uh, who speak Swahili and they've explained that it means an explorer or, or someone who's hard oh to goodness. pin down. I know. Who knew, right? Huh. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? That tracks. <laughs> yeah. And just to kind of find that connection for me, I was trying to find a Swahili word that would help kind of put forward the essence of me into this business that I'm, I'm growing. And so Usawa is Swahili for balance or equilibrium. Oh, nice. And so I want to support people to find that balance in themselves and reclaim that balance for themselves. Oh, man. <laughs> And one other thing, if can I do this? Can I bring something up? Go for it. Yes. We're on the playground after all. Okay, thank you. And <laughs> and that's that is one of the things about being on the playground is this ability to to really, really connect and talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. What I love is the fact that we have what 20 years between us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just the fact that I'm a 53-year-old, white, straight, cisgender. Um, Jewish, silver haired, all all those things, you know, and there's a connection between the Mm -hmm. two of us Mm -hmm. that, ah, it's, (laughs) it's magical. It is magical. (laughs) It is magical. And I, I think that, I don't know. I, I think that that's what people need to be looking at instead of anything like you said, the, the the color of skin or religion or anything like that, it's our essence. It's mm-hmm. our soul. It's our spirit. And absolutely. That, and when I say our, that's I mean I meant as humanity as mm-hmm. as a whole. Mm-hmm. And if you can connect in that way, and I think that connecting in that way starts with by doing all of that stuff that you talked about. 
the self-care stuff, the self-awareness, the development of, of your own understanding of yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's a foundation. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Or I, I've learned, I should say, that the more compassionate and empathetic I am with myself, the more compassionate, empathetic I am with other people, right? Because mm-hmm. I can see the humanity mm-hmm. in me, which allows me to see the humanity in you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you can create really beautiful spaces from that framework. And it's only brought me beautiful connections with beautiful people. And I can't, you know, I can't say it enough, really. And I know this, this, uh, this might sound ridiculous and people might roll their eyes. And I know one person in, in particular who would roll his eyes at me, but my gosh, I feel that our hearts, we just like, there's this, when you speak, you speak and I feel it in my heart. Oh my goodness. It's thank you. Like, thank you for thank saying you. that. Wow. It's just, oh. um, I, and I, I truly hope that the listener wow. is, is able to experience this. I don't even know what the word is. It's this. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you for saying that. I, res- I, mm. I think you are a very special person to me in the sense that you, anytime I talk to you, honestly, any single, anytime, it can be day, night, (laughs) you make space. You make space for whatever it is that I have to bring. Whether I'm having a bad day or if I'm, you know, exuberant, you can make space for that. And I appreciate you deeply. It's not everyone can do that. And I appreciate the cheerleading as well. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's huge. Cause you know what? Like who doesn't who doesn't appreciate someone who is so authentic and authentically uh caring. So I appreciate you for your kind words. They're so sweet and they land on my heart in such a sweet way. Yeah. You're you're a wonderful person, Tanya. You're wonderful. Well, and you know, I am just smiling like like ev- everything. And and I'll I'll take that. I'll and I'll I'll receive it with gratitude. And I will tell you this that um and you know, anyone who has read the book knows <laughs> the the struggle and the journey that that I've had. Mm-hmm. And as I got older and um which by the way, let me tell you this, I know you're a far far journey from 40, but <laughs> the 40s are a fantastic decade. Yeah. Put that on the table, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, the, the 40s are fabulous. I appreciate um, that. Thank you. And so get ready for it <laughs> because it's you're just going to keep getting better and better. And I think the world should get ready for you. And you know, I am the biggest Tatanisha fan. Um, <laughs> you tell me all the time. I love it. I I do. <laughs> and I, I see so much potential, not just in what you've done already, but I've told you, I've told you a million times <laughs> as a storyteller, as a director, as someone with words that need to be shared in a way that people can access them in a movie, in a film, in a documentary, you need to be heard. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that perspective. I don't know where I'm going, but I I always think that storytelling is such a powerful way to move people. It's probably like the most human thing we could do is tell stories. Oftentimes, right? We look at cultures from way, way back. You know, yep. a lot of the times people, when they gather, when they're not working, <laughs> mm-hmm. doing, they're telling stories, right? They're remembering. And I would love to be a part of something like that. That is definitely a skill set that I want to expand in. Yes. Hmm. Well, I'm going to be right always behind you. <laughs> so, you know, the, the next question, and I think we've talked about it. Well, I don't know if I, we have or not. It's how, how have you been able to find your purpose? How have I been able to find my purpose? Hmm. I would say listening, listening to that still small voice and inside, um, listening to my body, getting to know myself and honoring my needs, honoring myself, I think has been very important for me over the past uh, several years uh, in going through therapy and again, practicing all those self-care things that I do. Mm-hmm. It really helps me align. I think that's probably the most important thing for me is aligning myself with my true desire, with my most authentic self and with my values. Finding that alignment has been so incredibly impactful for me in life. I didn't, I can't even imagine being where I was before because I have this like hack, I should say for myself. I have this hack in life, which is you know, find what you align with, what you resonate with, what lights you up, and you're good to go. And anytime I'm out of alignment and then get back in, I'm like, whew, this is where I'm supposed to be. So that's how I stay on path with my purpose because I've accepted that I'm a multi-passionate person. (laughs) That's for sure. I've accepted that I'm a person who likes a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And sometimes it comes all together as one thing and sometimes it doesn't and i've accepted that about myself and i've actually turned it into something playful for myself but i always know that i can come into alignment with what my body's saying what my heart is saying and i'm good to go so what advice again this is this is not something i sent but i'm, I'm just having this conversation with you <laughs> yeah of course what advice would you give to somebody who is struggling to find their passion? Hmm. Yes. I say this anytime I'm like working with youth, I always say, make the mistakes. Go ahead and make the mistakes. For so long, I lived in fear of making one mistake and that crushing my world. I lived in perfectionism for so long I had to do everything perfectly or else I wasn't considered good enough or I wasn't considered worthy. And it's something I still work through. I'm not saying I have it down pat with any of this, honestly. But if I could go back and tell my younger self something that I think would help her, it would be make the mistakes. Go ahead. Because we continue to make mistakes, right? Yeah. And when you're an entrepreneur... What they call what they say in kind of the ecosystem entrepreneurship ecosystem is to fail fast. Yes, I've heard that. Right. So you it's this adage where you if you make the mistake, that's actually a great thing because it 
shows you where you need to pivot to quickly next. It shows you where the next move is. Once you fail, that's actually the clearest indicator. You don't often get, I think they also say something like, you learn more from your mistakes than you do from things going perfectly well, right? Mm -hmm. You've mentioned values. What are your top three values? And girl, I know. It's going to be a hard one. For top you three. You're going to come up with like 25 <laughs> or 30. Top three, please. Oh my goodness. You're right. It's incredibly difficult just to pick three. It's honestly torture. I know. <laughs> feels like torture, but I can say, hmm. So balance is definitely one of them. Hence, mm. Usawa. Uh, balance is important for me. I know that. It requires balance in life to be able to allow the journey, allow the waves of life. So I know that requires balance. It, it's a lot of balance and reciprocity when it comes to relationship. And you know how much I love connection and relationships. Mm-hmm. So I know that balance is incredibly important. The other thing would be integrity. Mm -hmm. I believe in doing the thing, even if it's not convenient, even if it's not fun, (laughs) even if it's not easy, Mm -hmm. and you do the thing, and you take the courage to do the thing, that's important. That's important for me. So I've had to be brave in life. I've had to take leaps and risks. And I always fall back on integrity. And the last one would be compassion. Oof, compassion is so hard in practice, honestly. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. difficult for myself and for other people. Being compassionate is like, wow. It's really, I think, what moves the heart. And I've had to carry a lot of self-compassion and forgive myself for things that I feel like mistakes I've made or choices I didn't or did make. So showing myself that self-compassion helps me show compassion to other people when they make mistakes. And if they show up in ways that are outside of, you know, what I would deem perfect or acceptable, it brings me back to the human level. Mm -hmm. There's humans being human. And so yeah, compassion is definitely the key ingredient of that. Well, and I, I wrote because, listen, here's the deal. The things that are <laughs> awesome, they are. But if I don't write something, I'll forget it. So no. <laughs> I, I wrote, um, you, you said before, seeing the humanity in yourself allows you to see the humanity in, in other people. Right. And that's the same idea about the compassion, right? Mm-hmm. And there is something, I don't know if you've heard about it. I, I heard about it years ago. The compassion charter or something like that have you heard about it no no i haven't all right i'm gonna look into it because it's probably not called that maybe it's called the charter of compassion or something it's really interesting i signed up for it but i need to kind of understand more of what it is i'll do it and i'll put this in the show notes action for happiness you know it no tanisha you (laughs) are going to love this um and i'm i'm gonna theactionforhappiness.org, putting it in the the show notes. All right, Tatanisha, you ready? Ready. Okay. So Action for Happiness is a movement. We all want to lead a happy life and want the people we love to be happy too. But as a society, we are not giving enough, this enough priority. 
Despite decades of economic growth, we are no happier now than we were 60 years ago. We need to rethink our priorities. The good news is that our actions and choices can affect our happiness. What makes us happy has less to do with our money or possessions and more to do with our attitudes and relationships with other people. Action for Happiness is a movement of people from all walks of life who are taking action in their personal lives, communities, workplaces, and schools to help create a happier and more caring society. We help people learn practical ways to increase their well-being and make others happier too, all based on the latest scientific evidence of what really works. You can start with our 10 keys to happier living. A happier world is possible. Your actions really make a difference. You ready to hear the great dream? This is an acronym. Yes. Okay. I'm ready. Now, great dream. 10 keys to happier living. Giving. Mm-hmm. Doing things for others. Relating. Connecting with others. Exercising. Take care of your body. Awareness. Live life mindfully. Trying out. Keep learning new things. So that spells great. Okay. So great. Mm-hmm. And then dream is broken down with direction, have goals to look forward to, resilience, find ways to bounce back, emotions, look for what's good, Accept acceptance, be comfortable with who you are, meaning, be part of something bigger. Great dreams, 10 keys to happier living. Are you not blown away? Wow. Wow. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I also appreciate that it's science backed. I I can I know. I think that's an extra cherry on top. Yeah, and that's why I kind of stressed that it is science backed. Uh it's not just the emotional stuff. It it really is. It has well, it's balanced, right? Yes. And I just I get so I, I just get so excited talking to you. I really do. So let's let's wrap it up. After we've talked hey. about balance, uh, mm-hmm. integrity, and I, I've heard that integrity can be described as what you do when others can't see what you're doing, mm-hmm. and that, yeah, compassion. So, mm-hmm. all of this. Do you have a favorite motivational quote or a something you live by? Honestly, I can't say I have a quote per se, but I do have a question. Mm, love it. I have a question that I ask myself from time to time. Two questions. One is, what if things went well? And the other is, what if you succeed even in the midst of fear? So those are questions I ask myself in times where I am all over the place and I don't know what's up or down. I don't know where I'm going next. And maybe there's some anxiety there. Maybe there's some fear there. So I like to ask myself some questions, particularly in like mindful contemplation. And that kind of propels me forward after I've sat with that. So in terms of motivation, a lot of the times it's it's uh, those two questions. And the questions, and I wrote them down. What if things, what went, if things well? went well? And what if you succeed even in the midst of fear? Yes. What if? Yeah. 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 <laughs> See, in the interest of time, I'm going to wrap it up. 
but well, we don't want to. <laughs> no, this is what we have is like uh, the recipe for a lifetime of conversations. Oh yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Help yeah. me in. Uh, you and me both. Thank you so much <laughs> for being being on the playground, hanging out with me, with us, with the listener and myself today on the playground for bringing your true, authentic, lovely, real, fabulous self and just sharing <laughs> with, with us. It was a pleasure and an honor. And I wish you all the success in the world. And I see you in really big spaces making very bold moves. And I admire you. I know I tell you this all the time, but I'm loving this boldness and I am really learning a lot from you. So thank you. Thank you. And I will just say that this is the fifties, baby. This is (laughs) what happens. So I'm going to say goodbye and thank you. You're so welcome. Bye. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Tatanisha, for sharing your time with us on the playground today. And as much as I enjoyed our chat during the interview, I got to enjoy it even more as I edited the episode. As two very blue people, Tatanisha and I connect on what feels like a cellular level. She truly nourishes my soul, fills up my cup, and just brightens up my world. As usual, we talked about everything, like we normally do. The challenges of being the child of an immigrant— and what she learned from her mom, who was not just a mother, but also an entrepreneur with her own catering company. We also talked about what it is like for Tatanisha as a racialized woman, and the challenges and obstacles she faces just because of the color of her skin. We discussed the journey she took from high school, where she was a self-described flyer, and my description, a joiner, as she participated in a lot of different activities, to university, where she continued to demonstrate leadership qualities, even with the language challenges of going to a French first university. We spoke about the benefits of getting that combination of both the theoretical and hands-on education by going to university, followed by college. She told us about adopting an entrepreneurial attitude with her different work projects over the years, and about her own entrepreneurial adventure with Usawa Mindfulness with an aim to end burnout culture by making mindfulness accessible. We spoke about mental wellness and the importance of balance, integrity, and compassion. As a mentorship program coordinator with the Ottawa Newcomer Entrepreneurs Hub, Tatanisha is affecting positive change in so many people's lives and shows exactly what it means to be a good fit for a job. She is amazing. Tatanisha is a thinker, a feeler, and a doer, and she inspires other people to do just those things. I'm going to include some more information about Tatanisha and how you can reach her in the show notes. You will see for yourself how awesome she is. A big, huge thanks, Tatanisha, for spending this time together. And I am deliciously excited about next week's mystery guest. Get ready for more inspiration. Please do remember to rate the podcast on Apple and let others know about it too. Until we meet again, remember to be compassionate with yourself and with others. See the humanity in yourself and other people. Have a wonderful week, and until next week, when we will jump into the future together. (music) 